from the block from the block from the block from the block Welcome to From the Block podcast. Today, I'll be talking to a Romanian actress, model and artist, Noemi Guna. She went to a drama school in Bucharest and got a role in can-winning film Beyond the Hills by a legendary director, Christian Munju. She then moved to Paris to study acting and pursue a career in modeling. Noemi worked with some huge fashion brands such as Barbary, Paul Smith and Bellstaff. She's now based in London and keeps working as an actress, artist and academic. Noemi, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Really excited to have you here and start chatting about, you know, your background and exciting things. I can't believe you you... called me an academic. That made me almost like in my mouth (laughs) with uh, excitement and terror. Oh, wow. Why, why is that? So how is your, because obviously like, okay, so let's, let's expand on that. <laughs> your academic work. Uh, so you work with uh, a university in London. Can you tell me like exactly like, who you collaborate with and the projects that you have on? Well, I wouldn't normally call it, I'm, I'm just an artist. So I've, I've collaborated with many different institutions and I was reflecting on it today and most of most of my work is about responding to external stimuli. So I've worked with, I got interested in quantum physics and I did a project that was uh, then presented with the center of quantum physics in Singapore. And, um, <laughs> and you don't like to be called an academic. <laughs> but it's in like, no, but what I did was a, a surreal comedy. Right. So Stupid like- as fuck. Oh. Like, absolutely. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's as if you would call South Park academics. <laughs> That's that's the level we're talking about. But it is inspired by somebody putting something to the table yeah. and with like law firms. And but I am starting a Ph.D. Um, now this year. Is it going to be a again, very silly Ph.D.? Well, it is it's a practice based Ph.D. So uh-huh. it'll involve more like reflecting on my life experience as a performer and uh, on actor training and um, basically devising a toolkit for actors to be able to mm-hmm. move swiftly through all the different types of new new forms of performing that um, wow. that happen That's in the so UK. Exciting. Yeah. Wow. Exciting. Wow. So like how well how did the idea come about? Um, it actually wasn't my idea. I was artist in residence with London College of Fashion. Mm-hmm. So um, I got put on a series of newsletters and I ended up being sent to network with lots of different people. And I clicked on an email and there was a studentship. So normally with um, PhDs in the arts, you have to come up with the concept. You have to find funding for it. You almost never get funding for it. It's it's a, a bit elaborate like this. This was they were looking to fill this position. So it was like a job application. I wrote a motivation letter. I did an interview and they gave it to me. It was, oh, wow. It was really simple, actually. <laughs> wow. Congra- um, well, congratulations. That, you know, really, really uh, great that you have this opportunity to work on it. And uh, yeah. yeah. So how is it going? Uh, well, I'm I'm yet to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was just a really good match. It's basically taking what I did for my master's, which is performance design and practice, 
and at Central St. Martins, and they're expanding that into a department and at Wimbledon, and mm-hmm. they'll have actor training as part of that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bit... It feels like magical thinking to not be... Because I always start projects, and I, you know, I develop them and I come up with the idea and then I have to produce them and finalize them and evaluate them and this is freelance life so it feels like an incredible gift when somebody is just like what about this and it fits exactly every single moment in my CV wow mm. awesome yeah. so l- l- let's go let's go back in your CV <laughs> uh, when you were studying at a drama school in Bucharest And, uh, well, you've been offered this amazing role in Beyond the Hills. So how was working with Christian Munju? So I was a third year. So uh-huh. I was finishing drama school. And there were several rounds of auditions. I love Romanian cinema. I love independent cinema. I love films where nothing happens. <laughs> there are character-based, where there's just, you know, no, no music. People talking in a kitchen, arguing. Communism, love that shit. I live for that shit. So <laughs> Munjiu is my is my my hero. So it was e- extremely exciting to be to be cast um, in that film. I had a lot of days shooting. Mm-hmm. It was I think twenty eight wow. or twenty nine days. Wow! You can barely see me in the film because a lot was edited out. Oh no! Because infamously. These kind of films, they shoot very long versions and then they reduce them to still long versions for um, like Western European audiences. So it was also that was a bit embarrassing because it's a very small industry. Everybody knew that there was a bunch of us who were the nuns who were in yeah, it yeah, yeah, and yeah. expected us to have like a huge, huge, role, huge, yeah. huge involvement. Um, but he was... In Romania, a lot of people, especially a lot of men in power in the arts, are awful yeah. mm. and, you know, abusive and diminishing. And, and Munji oh. was just fucking lovely. He's just like <laughs> a lovely guy, super respect, respectful of everyone. So it really opened my eyes that you can work without ha- having to yeah. always one-up somebody. Yeah. And he gave me the letter of recommendation for the conservatoire in Paris, which wow. is incredible. And it's only in Paris, once I've started the conservatoire, that I went to the premiere and I saw that I was barely in the film. And I was like, shit. Oh, gosh. But both the money from, from the film and the letter enabled me to yeah, live that year in Paris. Oh, my God. And not have to work, which is crazy. Wow. Amazing. So, okay, so you went to a fantastic school in Paris as well. Like that, you know, educated actresses such as Ju- Juliette Binoche. Uh, sorry, my French. I don't speak French, so my pronunciation is awful. Excuse my French. Excuse my French. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, amazing. And and how was that? And was it like uh, because hang on, you in the meantime, you were also modeling. I was modeling in and out. Um, I didn't, I wish now if I'd go back, if I went back to myself, to my teenage self, mm-hmm. I would tell myself it's okay to do this. Mm-hmm. Because I think in Romania, I had an impression that, that fashion meant being a bimbo. Oh. And 
I would get scouted on the streets and I was with an agency, but I refused a lot of jobs. And I remember them being like, do you want to go to Paris and New York? And I was like, no, I want to do theater in Romania because I was so dumb and I didn't understand what it involved. I thought Mm -hmm. it meant, I don't know, having fake tits and (laughs) reading gossip magazines. I didn't, I hadn't just ignorance. Oh, God. About but confidence in my ignorance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, to be honest, like sometimes those jobs can lead to different various weird projects, right? Uh, but uh, you'd not necessarily sign the contract literally telling you to have your tits done. But <laughs> but yeah, you may you may end up with like, well, it, it, modeling can be tricky, right? For young girls, especially. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, it can be sometimes quite quite dangerous if like somebody doesn't have any uh, good agents for example can be thrown on like some kind of awful weird projects uh but um equally i know of a lot of people who who started their career in modeling and then became amazing actors amazing you know musicians uh it's like they used it as a sort of 100 percent because it's really auxiliary and actually i'm really glad you said that to me because now i feel a bit more like yeah maybe actually it was good for me because i didn't develop body issues or eating disorders or stuff like this what Mm. with uh fighting it but i was working in bucharest a little bit and then in paris i started working more and more especially after i graduated from drama school because i needed money And I Mm -hmm. wanted to make as much money in as little time as possible to allow me to go to the auditions. But also you need pictures and all of these things. And I discovered that everybody who works in fashion is an artist and fashion is an art. Mm. And automatically that you attract the kind of people that are interested in similar things to you. So I mostly do editorials where I have to dance or do silly things and less, you know, I don't do yachts and watches I have nothing (laughs) against them but you know that's not my vibe and that's not the kind of person that's normally attracted to hire me so I uh, am currently loving modeling and loving the fashion world and finding that for me people in fashion are some of the most open and accepting people ever you'd see people in the same room who are just complete opposites feeling very chill with their differences yeah yeah and how do you how do you find fashion industry nowadays especially like you've mentioned you know uh, body image issues like do you think it's improving i'm not the good person to ask because let's face mm-hmm. it i'm like a tall skinny girl um I think there's definitely more representation, but I've never thankfully felt a pressure to right. change the way I eat or but most people around me I notice have, so I do you know I don't know what to say about that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what? It's very nice to hear this from you because that means that also uh you know with the projects and people that you met in fashion, it's um uh it's it's great that you know you could you could um just deliver great work as a model and have fun with those uh, you know with like-minded artistic people i've spoken to quite a few models uh male models as well who are tall and skinny and they've been told that they are too fat uh, yeah so like i mean that that really really 
terrified me. I mean, I personally, it's not like never had to experience anything like that because I'm too short to be a fashion <laughs> model. I'm a hobbit <laughs> in their parameters. But um, uh, yeah, it's um, it's I, when I've heard it from like people that you know friends or uh, I even interview a few people in, like some other podcasts and yeah, like they come to the studio, tall, skinny. I just thought, whoa, amazing model. And they say, like, you know what? I've been told I'm too fat. I was like, you what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I feel like because it's been such a long time, I, I'm quite used to the fact that you're always going to be two for something because when somebody mm -hmm. has a clear image of what they want, you'll be too blonde, you'll be too short, too tall, too... People yeah. are looking for, like, a specific person and yeah. it's just... It can be annoying mm. if you spend too much time trying going to, to fit things and not getting but you can't fit it like there is just no possible way to fit it because there's too many different requirements for two different things like you can't both be tall and short at the same time and yeah there's no point even trying to play the game for me but maybe that's why I'm not playing at a high level <laughs> so. I mean you are playing on a high level for me like you know modeling for Barbary like come on <laughs> Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But um, the. I have wide hips. Like, my hips are like 94, 95, which is way more than a lot of other people. Like, so I don't do a lot of catwalk, for example, because sample sizing is too small, but also. Oh, catwalk's kind of fun, but is it though? It's not the best pay. It's stressful. Everybody pulls on your hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I'm good at rejecting back the things that reject me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's so refreshing <laughs> yeah, to hear that. I don't want to do that, that anyway, actually. <laughs> it's so refreshing to hear that. Like The grapes are sour on the other side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great approach because, yeah, you're right. There are certain standards and we will never fit those standards. Like, it's, it's rather, it's better to like look at us except like how we are if you have wide hips there's nothing you can you can do about it or uh, you know uh, it's just because then some people are going to get you exactly for those wide hips exactly exactly there's like always jeans. You know, people get, always get me for jeans because like you fill the jeans like yeah because I got butt <laughs> yeah there you go there you go but and I think in, in modeling and acting you always have this like Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so now let, let's chat about acting. So we stopped about you moving to Paris. You had this sort of amazing experience studying in a great school. Uh, but um, how did you find being an Eastern European migrant in the Western oh world? France is awful. Oh, wow. France was actually awful for that. I, I assume you've heard this a gazillion times, but before you leave your own country, you don't know that you are an anything. You're just your personality, which in my case at that time was very entitled, arrogant, passionate and stubborn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, post-teenager, not the greatest person to be around. But then, in, yeah, I was there when Sarkozy was president. He was um, evicting Roma people from France. There was a lot of anti particularly anti-romanian oh, sentiments yeah. uh there's a lot of love for kind of russian things but i don't know you're just like i had somebody yell on after me in the streets like, no. go back where you came from i know but like how did, somebody, did, did you it have was like a child it was a child and he was like with his dad 
And but because of an accent? Or like yeah, how did because you like they, I was talking on, on the phone Romanian mm. to oh. my parents. Was not, I don't know who. So it's very recognizable because it's a Latin language, but it has the kind of Slavic inflections of Yay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that. And in general, just like a lot of mockery. and Oh, God. And weirdly... As a result, I had no French friends in Paris, but now I have a bunch of French friends in London, but because they left France for the same reason, for that kind of like small mindedness. Wow. So in Paris, I was mostly hanging out with Mexicans, oh, wow. um, okay. Romanians, Brazilians, you know, just... Oh, wow. And uh, okay, so like when you moved to London, was it a, a change? How, how do you find being a migrant in the UK? Do you know what? Here I've not had issues really mm-hmm. um i came here because of a boy uh, who is of jewish eastern european descent we're not together anymore but we're great friends shout out ben garfield <laughs> <laughs> he's a great director and so because of that i kind of initially integrated into his environment which is again like ashkenazi jews in north london mm-hmm. very similar very like community oriented warm mm-hmm. um sociable similar sense of humor so i think that really set me off to feel very much at home mm-hmm. and then if if anyone has been xenophobic towards me i haven't had the subtlety to notice it okay Okay, that's uh, that's that's good. That's very that's very very positive. Because people are quite subtle here, and I struggle with subtlety sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, about how would you find? Um, so you've mentioned you you've been introduced to a uh, you know a community straight when you when you moved here. It's always a nice thing to have when when you move to a foreign country, um, but. Um, do you think you have your own community with other Romanian people here? Yeah, yeah. Now I think I have a very tight-knit group of of friends. Um, I think mostly we started through... Um, I was working with this company called Dash Arts on mm-hmm. a series of... And um, my now good friend Sophie Austin on a series of plays and performances that were happening around the Eastern European space. Um, so I got to meet lots of artists from um, from that area. And then also going to St. Martin's. Um, for me, it's really, really important. I check in. I'm checking with friends a lot, talk a lot. I'm very sociable and I, I value my friends, I think, are my best asset. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's really nice to have that support network. Well, like people like like minded people. And it's also nice when uh, uh, they can be, you know, like minded and from other countries, other backgrounds. And that's that's great to hang out with with uh, with such people. But also the fact that like having that community, right, of people who get you uh, know where you came from and you can crack a joke I don't know something about things that you used to do in Romania and things like that it's always nice to have uh it feels more like having home um but um I sometimes wonder like if we um we, we have that on like a personal level I just wonder if we look around at the society if uh, we have enough places where we see ourselves as Eastern Europeans like you know um like represented right in uh, media 
culture. Yeah, uh, I mean, representation of... is shit, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's actually shit for... <sighs> I live with British people in the house, and we're all friends. There's five of us. It's an incredible household. Um, but uh, one of them is my good friend Jamie Melrose, and she's Scottish, and mm -hmm. she's also an actress, so talking about our experiences all the time you just see like in a lot of content I think you don't see accents mm -hmm. which is really strange yeah um, so yeah. it's less about representation I don't necessarily want to talk about being Eastern European but it, unless you do sound like you belong to a specific location like you were born somewhere yeah. in the UK I find it it's like people are like I don't understand this word yeah, uh, yeah. when London actually has just accents that is the sexiness of it yes yeah yeah um, yeah so I really hope I assume that this is going to change and then I genuinely assume because normally I feel like the way it works is you need more of this kind of people to actually write and lead and generate these projects. Yeah, yeah. What I, what I personally uh, find also like um, on my like other side of the career, which is which is production, uh, film production, video production, and uh, the there is a lot of emphasis in creative industry on diversity, but the parameter that diversity is measured it's usually either based on the color of the skin, uh, or when you've mentioned accents. There is in television, for example, there is a lot of emphasis on like introducing other accents, but they are mainly talking about accents from different parts of UK. Mm. Because say, especially like BBC, right? It's publicly funded uh, broadcaster, so they and they used to only and exclusively have presenters that uh, were speaking received pronunciation, you know, English. The Queen's English, uh, when they realized it's not inclusive. So now, yes, they do want like to have Northern accents and, you know, a bit of a Scottish accent, uh, Welsh and stuff. Uh, maybe not Welsh as a, as a language, but a little bit of an accent because Welsh is, uh, you know, <laughs> a completely different language and most people wouldn't understand. But um, yeah, there is there is this effort being made towards that. What still like amazes me is the fact that um, you know Eastern Europeans, if we were regrouped like in one sort of pot of like population, uh, we would be like the biggest foreign community because like what oh, the, yeah. the, the, the biggest foreign community like you know data changes a little bit, but like it, it, at some point it was Polish and the second Romania. Yeah. Uh, now I think it's um, uh, people from India uh, took over again, and that's the biggest foreign community in this country. And I think seconds are Polish and the third Romanian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you combine the two, like it, it's that's basically a lot of people. Full stop. It is. It is, and it makes me really sad because it's a it is an invisible community and I think there are not enough things to cater to this community and in my experience I've done a little bit of interpreting for women in uh, domestic abuse centers and mm -hmm. there are so many underpaid workers that are isolated from society so isolated from British society but also not necessarily engaging amongst themselves so much because they're overworked they're not they don't even conceive of this country as a place where they're they could have any comfort or mm -hmm. any enjoyment yeah and that is yeah. yeah i i think sometimes partially it's um 
the, the, the reason for that is uh, the fact that Eastern European migration is quite young, like yeah. young to this country. So it, it takes time to formulate a strong sense of community and support network. So that's first reason. Second reason, I think it's the mentality because like we like, I don't remember communism, but um, uh, my parents and and generation be- before them, they uh, grew up for years with the sentiment of like not being able to change the system, that the system controls you, it's shit, but the best way to survive and protect yourself is to keep your head down. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's exactly how I pitched the project at London College of Fashion. Those are like almost the exact words that people are very also skeptical of each other like they don't yeah. trust other people they don't yeah. trust that somebody just wants to have help a conversation them. help hang out like what do you what are you getting out of this like, yeah um, yeah it's so so it's a little bit like we just suffer from this mentality formulated by years of uh um, um you know uh, uh, pressure from from the regime right yeah. uh, and um, and yeah and we carry scars of it and this is what results in the fact that uh, we don't believe we can have a community we don't believe we can be fairly represented we don't even believe we can fight for it yeah. uh, that changes with a younger generation so I kind of consider myself like I'm not that young but I, I'm, I'm kind of let's say like mentality wise I, I feel more like I belong to like the, the new wave younger generation that's coming up well yeah because you're literally doing this this is what we are doing now yes (laughs) this is what you are leading now the building of a community and the building of representation (laughs) yeah that's this exactly conversation like we are having right now it it, this is what what needs to happen whoever's listening join us yes (laughs) join the movement (laughs) but yeah yeah it's exactly that we need to believe that we are we are a community that deserves to be fairly represented and uh, also be culture proud eastern europeans are not culture proud it's true and i have been so many times uh uh, guilty of this either often as a joke but i feel like sometimes like i I have to stop that joke because it's not funny anymore yeah it's like we kind of like joke like we either we are ashamed of like oh my god i come from eastern europe and we've been told that our culture is like shit (laughs) uh so we are just like like not accepting it really but we're just thinking like oh let's just don't talk about it please oh we are just so fed up with it just like yeah fine let's talk about it yeah we are all like coming from a from a shithole <laughs> do you know what i found is funny for me i felt like i became more i accepted being romanian after i got british citizenship because then mm-hmm. i was like actually i can do whatever the fuck i want now i can <laughs> translate romanian expressions to to people i can I can speak in whatever accent. I'm nobody's moving me out of here. Yeah. I am stable. Yeah, um, yeah. And then you lost that partially at least like a part of the fear yeah, of that they associated. Which I didn't even realize I had. I had no idea if you'd asked me, I wouldn't think like, "Oh yeah, I'm trying super hard to integrate." No, because I was playing it cool and then I realized I was trying super hard to integrate. Yeah, we do try it like extremely hard. Yeah. It's like I think there is a difference between like integration that you just, you know, you you accept the system and you just play by the rules. You are not like a rebel coming from a foreign country trying to you know move the country upside down because that would, wouldn't be okay we are here we are respectful and integrating but there is a difference between integrating and trying to wipe out your identity yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um no i was definitely i was definitely very embarrassed whenever like 
a friend would say, because for her, she, for my uh, British friend, Grace, it was really cool that my mum would send me 20 kilos of pickles in a bag yes. that comes at 2 a.m. Oh my uh, God, you had that too. <laughs> I, I still have that, but I was like, stop saying that to people. It's like, it's embarrassing. it's embarrassing. It's like shitty when your parents send you food. food. Yeah. And I was like, no, actually, it's kind of shitty that a lot of people in this country ask for rent from their kids if they can afford to not ask them for rent. But that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like now I'm realizing that the things that I consider like, you know, when I was a kid, um, you know, it was really expensive in Poland to buy like Western, Western products or even like uh, early 90s. Um, uh, I was I was super keto then, but like even like Coca Cola was expensive. Like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? It was oh, like yeah. the price for Coca Cola was like a bottle of wine. Or and something. you looked at that bottle and you felt it. And you were like, yeah, <clears throat> ah, Coca Cola. Yeah, like <laughs> just this glorious American product, right? Status. And um, yeah, so partially like my family couldn't afford like feeding us on this Coca Colas and fast food. And thankfully, I didn't. I didn't grow up eating uh, like poor nutritious food, uh, poorly nutritious food, because uh, um, yeah, uh, it's essentially like what, what is becoming popular now is uh, those sort of ways of living that I saw as a child back in Poland. So, for example, my parents had their little garden with tomatoes and stuff, and now. It's so trendy. Like, oh, my God, if you have a balcony, put your own tomatoes. Like, people just come to, like, work, offices, and share, like, dinner with friends. Like, do you know what? I've got my own tomatoes. I know. It's Check so funny to conceptualize out. it as cool now because it's the same on my WhatsApp group with my mom and my dad. That's all they send, like, pictures of vegetables and weighing them as well because now they have these huge tomatoes. And I'm like, look, from a, like, a little pot, I grew these huge tomatoes. And now I'm like, ooh. It's all of a sudden quite cool. Yes, right. <laughs> like my mum is doing organic, organic agricultures, <laughs> yeah. not just being lame and embarrassing me in front of all of my friends. <laughs> yeah, and sending you know the parcel from Romania to London. Like you could be like in front of your friend, check it out. Organic produce from my mum. She doesn't use any pesticides or anything like that. Oh no, or she homegrown. Does not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. It's it's funny. Like it's it's a concept. It's a cultural concept isn't it that formulates like our own perception of ourselves how weird is that yeah <laughs> um but yeah okay cool so noemi tell me what is coming next apart from the phd where are you planning to develop because you have your hands in so many pies you are so multidisciplinary person uh so what are your projects? i do like i do like pies and I like putting my fingers in, in as many of them as I can. Um, I mean, everything is connected. So in a way, I don't feel like um, I'm, I'm doing that many things because they're also like soft skills. So, you know, I have friends who just teach themselves programs and they have different like hard skills. But I did um, write a novel mm-hmm. last year that I've d- redrafted six times by now. Oh, my God. That I'm going to try again and again and again to get published. Wow. It so is about post-Soviet trauma. <gasps> so it's kind of like, um, it's a, it, it's under the guise of a love story in East London, mm-hmm. uh, in the fashion industry. <clears throat> Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Fiction. <laughs> Fiction. That's the section where you can find it in. Um, <laughs> and, and it follows kind of ancestral uh, trauma from the kind of post-Soviet 
um, space. So I'm trying to get that published. I had a poetry pamphlet too that I got. I had shortlisted five times for publication. Hopefully, um, I keep entering these things into things. And otherwise, yeah, just kind of the jobbing uh, daily work is acting, modeling, and the PhD. Wow, oh, only like <laughs> the, the, a few a few side projects. That sounds As to in, me you like know, it's like a it's a week by week thing. So often you wouldn't know two weeks in advance what you're going to be doing because you need to keep yourself available and then something yes. happens and it changes your life for two months and then your life gets back to normal and in the yeah. waiting. And to be honest, that lifestyle is really good for me because I get very easily bored. Right. Um, so you like new challenges, like quick, quick um, changes. And I love changes. I love spontaneity as well. If somebody's just like, last minute, can you do this? Can you come there? Like hop on the bike, go. I, I, that's that's my, my biggest joy. It keeps me also grateful for the little things. I don't know what it would feel like to know what I would be doing for a long time. That would scare me. <laughs> I, I'm sure that you'll be all right because like you're, you're like subconsciously or consciously building up an amazing career so you know you just look at your achievements and you know it's fascinating you've been to so many countries and uh, to like witness so many cultures and and it's great that you you and, and you sound like a such a joyful person so it's it's so cool that you don't get like don't be so nice and uh, cry <laughs> please don't cry uh just yeah you can smile but don't cry uh yeah it's 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 no it, it's great to be it's a, uh, i find people who find the sweet spot of like this happiness of and taking life as it is but still like pursuing uh you know those those things that bring them joy that they want to do that's you know that's the best way to be uh and yeah i mean i think that comes from for me it came from starting to generate my own work and mm -hmm. i think it's life is really tough for actors if you're if you're in one of the professions where you're waiting for a call you're gonna be miserable unless you you have to start doing things bits and bobs anything it doesn't matter what it is mm -hmm. but it's it's the only way to to keep sane and don't get me wrong i'm not like super happy i'm very very in, in in touch with my shadow i make a lot of mistakes i i get super super moody but when you when you have your own projects i think there is a direction so i feel like happiness is not ever the goal mm -hmm. um but whatever you're pursuing is the goal and yeah that gives you satisfaction enough to keep you walking Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it's a, it's it's a great mindset. Like if we, you're not passively waiting for that call, you just make your own project. You and just need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see people who don't want to stubbornly, and I was like, but you're making your life miserable. Like it's oh, not even God. about you can make something shit. Just make something bad. Nobody cares. Yeah. This is what I love about London. Nobody cares. You can actually fail, 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 fail. Yeah. I don't feel like I could fail in Romania because everybody knows you. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's yeah. gonna remember. Yeah, but yeah, so true. I did. I never thought about that. But you're right. You're right. In London, you are free to go because just genuinely speaking, people were just like, nah, whatever. They're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> And in a way, I feel like the hustle culture is so intense that they'll appreciate you for trying, even if oh, you've yeah. done a shit job. The like, oh, Well, at least you didn't like. At least you tried. Do something. Well done for trying. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, very, very true. While Romanian culture, I feel like it's more like, oh, but you didn't do that right. That wasn't right. That wasn't right. You should have done this. You should have behaved like this. And that's very yeah. scary for me. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, it, it blocks you from trying, right? If you don't try, you never, you can't succeed if you don't go for it and try. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's it's really hard to like, you know, function that way, especially in creative industries, right? Mm. So where people can find you to follow all your fantastic projects um, follow me on instagram follow what's me on your instagram, instagram? At noemi guna n-o-e-m-i-g-u-n-e-a uh and i have a website as well that's yeah my name.com um Perfect. but on instagram i post probably more than i should <laughs> uh, <laughs> no we don't actually you know instagram loves it so it does it does it keep really posting it uses Keep my brain power. It uses my <laughs> attention span, and uh, I, I let it. Yeah, no, well done, well done for for doing that. That's that's the way to be these days, you know. I've I am told that I'm not posting enough, so you're not posting <laughs> enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't know because I don't feel like I post well. I don't have a strategy. I don't have, again, because I do all these different things. I at one point I post something funny an artwork then me eating a mango then <laughs> and and I don't know if some people have told me like I like your Instagram stories because they are like a crazy stream of consciousness and I can really feel how your day is going I can feel like what has touched you you put out some poetry in the evenings normally and but I don't know I don't think that that's like a business strategy it's, it's, I, mean, I would you're like often, to learn this, at one the, point. This is what um, people call these days being authentic on is social it? media. Oh, authenticity <laughs> is easy for me. Strategy is very difficult. Yeah, no, you can say my strategy is to be authentic. <laughs> I'm eating mango. Ladies and gentlemen, mango, me, <laughs> eat, yeah? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Love that. Noemi, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I will follow your crazy stories on Instagram and I'm looking forward to seeing your new upcoming projects. And uh, yeah, keep me posted on your PhD. But yeah, well done and thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much, Ella. Woo! You're a rock star. <laughs>